What's up, everyone? It's your pal, Wanchikasladikas, bringing you the bars low. Every episode, we discuss a collection of fan fictions or a single fic, and these can either be good, bad, or anything in between, but mostly, they're bad. Today, we're going to be talking about two fics by the same author. They involve the same couple. Now, this isn't really what you think of when you think of people writing fan fictions, but this is about Finnish folk metal. Yes, that's right. This stars two Finnish folk metal bands and their lead singers. Coincidentally, both of them have the same first name, Matthias, but they go by stage name, so that's what I'll be referring to them as, just to clear up any confusion. So, from Teresa's, we have Warlord, and from Fintroll, we have Freth. So, I haven't listened to that much Fintroll, personally, but I love Teresa's. They're one of my favorite bands, and I recommend them to lots of non-metal heads, and they actually enjoy them. They have a folk metal cover of Rasputin, if you want to check that out. Yes, Ra Ra Rasputin. Their song Battle Metal is an absolute fucking banger. But anyway, let's get into this. Let's see what people have written about them. As I said, this stars the two singers from both of these folk metal bands and their relationship that this person, I guess, thinks that they have or wants them to have or thinks, you know, thinks that it would be totally hot if they had. There are two fics talking about today. Uh, One of them is fairly typical. We're going to start with that one, but stick around for the second one because that's That one is just an experience, so that's why I kind of have to save it for last, because if I talk about this one second, then it's just going to be kind of anticlimactic. So the first fic is called Matthias's Tale, and it's this plot arc isn't particularly original or anything, but like the other fic, the writing style is pretty wild. However, it's not quite on the same level as The Absurdity of a Coma, the other one, because the narrative is pretty typical. So this is written in first person present tense, but I can let it slide because the main characters having the same name would kind of confuse things. Uh, this person, I'm guessing English is their second language, or they might have used a translator. Um, I mean, it's brave when you try to write something in you're not your native language, but I'm still going to make fun of them because there's a lot of funny lines in here that result from the broken English. Also, there's a lot of drinking and smoking in, in this fic, uh, which totally sounds like something that I'd write. Um, I've also recorded myself narrating this. Just, I don't know why, I just sort of did. Um, and there are a few moments where I just totally lose my shit and just start laughing in the middle of a scene. Like, for example, my right hand works with my horny dick. So, <laughs> some good quotes from this. So we start off, uh, they're chilling in a bar. Uh, the two bands, Fintrol and Teresa's, are touring together, and there's just some casual banter between them. This is told from Breath from Fintrol's perspective. Most of this chapter is just describing how beautiful Warlord is, which, I mean, have you seen him? He's pretty beautiful. Broken English, fun time, number one. His lips is like two cherries, small and wet. Nice. Also, there's this weird obsession that Vreth and or the author seems to have with his shoulder. There's this line, moreover, I love his shoulder. It is strong and reliable, which I don't, <laughs> I don't really know why you'd fixate on someone's shoulder and how reliable it is. Moreover, you know. Chapter two is basically just uh, Vreth taking a bath 
Uh, he's very tired. His body wants to fuck the bed right now. I don't know what that really was supposed to mean, but okay. So he takes a bath, and then he starts jacking off to the thought of Warlord in the bath with him. And the author really makes a big deal about how he's a closeted gay guy. Usually authors kind of dismiss this, and sexuality really doesn't even matter in fix when you, you can just ignore it. And it's not even like a plot hole you have to fix. Most people just totally dismiss it. <laughs> I mean, while... It is good to address some things like this. I don't think this person did it in a good way where they just made such a big deal about, oh, I'm such an outsider because I'm gay. The world is dominated by straight people. So what the internet is good about is that you can find plenty of gay content and the content isn't all about the struggles of being gay like it is often in mainstream literature. But the author here makes a big deal out of it. I think the reason this is so strange to me is because everyone is here to read the romance and or smut associated with this, not hear social commentary about how gay people are treated. And they also make a big deal about him being a virgin, to quote, a virgin man trapped in the outfit of a playboy look man. And his butthole wants the new experience of being penetrated. They make it very, very clear that he's a bottom. Yeah, a lot of this is just breath pining. That's that's fair, I guess. Chapter 3 is more pining. Even his red-painted face makes me melt like cheese. Okay, same though. Same. If you look up a picture of Teresa, they wear this like red and black war paint. It's pretty sexy. Why did I say that? Oh well. Probably not the worst thing I'm ever going to say about someone we're discussing. They're in a bar, of course, because they're never not in a bar. There are lots of, they played a show, so there are a lot of groupies, and he's very jealous of those hoes who are all going over to Warlord. He's just so angry about that siege of bitches. I'd also like to mention that just being whiny and shit and not doing anything is not a good strategy for attaining a lover. So very drunk and pissy, Breath tries to, to stumble back to the hotel. Warlord actually finds him and takes care of him. They go chill in a park. I feel like this fic is sponsored by Marlboro. They're constantly smoking it. There's this one part where Breath is like, oh, you smoke Marlboro too? And then Warlord says, it's the best brand or something along those lines. I'm like, did they pay you to write this or something? Also, uh, Freth, can you calm down for maybe one sentence? He's so obsessed with Warlord's shoulders, and he pets them, and it's just like, you're such a good friend. 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 Warlord makes him die a lot. Like, the way he looks at me makes me want to die. That sort of thing. Relatable, honestly. I, too, say all the time that things make me want to die, but I'm usually talking about stuff like diaper fetish porn instead of Warlord shoulders. So chapter four, we get the tour is almost over and they're flying back home and Warlord is cuddling with him on the plane. This poor guy is worried about getting an inappropriate boner. It doesn't happen, but I'm lucky I don't have to deal with that. And then Warlord says something like, I can sleep easily on your arm. I don't know why. To which his like internal monologue is like, my arm is warm. Oh yeah, he loves my arm. Like, he gets so hyped about it. They go to another bar, of course. He loses it when some fangirl kisses Warlord. They go into a big deal about how the fangirls all favor Warlord because Vreth is like also so cold and introverted. And, uh, Freth, quick 
quick pointer in life. Uh, stop drinking away your problems. It's not a good coping strategy. There are other things you can do. So he goes moping on the streets, and then some random guy beats him up while he's drunk, and then Warlord rescues him. Breath might as well just nut on the spot when he wakes up in Warlord's room. Warlord offers him some tea, and he's like, it's warm because maybe it was made with affection. No, it was warm because that's how tea's supposed to be served, you dumbass. And then uh, we find out that the woman who kissed Warlord was actually just his cousin, and then Vreth comes out to him and confesses his love. They make a big deal about how they're both gay and dominated by this hetero world running, and, you know, the straights. Which, yeah, yeah, but why? <laughs> so then uh, Warlord says that the world tries to unite us with the same name. The world tries to unite us with the same feeling. So I don't know why this author is so fixated on the gay aspect rather than just the feelings that run between these two. It, it would feel more natural if they didn't focus on that. So then they finally kiss and their tongues collide with happiness and passion. And then Warlord starts calling Breath Little Mathiest. And we get to chapter 5, in which we get to the porn, <laughs> naturally. Apparently being gay makes you misogynist, as Breath says. He's like, my mom is sick, and even though I'm a misogynist, like, she's still my mom. Being gay does not make you a misogynist, necessarily. Um, in fact, gay dudes are generally less misogynistic because they don't view women as sex objects, but whatever. But I'm not saying that gay men can't be misogynistic. <laughs> I'm just saying that it doesn't make you misogynistic automatically. So there's some beautiful English here when they're getting together here. He puts his jacket in the couch and he asks while pull off shoes. So now that they've toured together, they must release the logging between them. They weirdly refer to uh, Warler's ass as his sexy bulging buttocks. That doesn't sound like very sexy to me, but okay. Bulging is not a very sexy word in my opinion. Uh, so he knows that Vreth is nervous and he asks anyways because they gotta bring up that Vreth is still a virgin at this point. Um, and they call Warler's dick a satisfying weapon and they uh, compare dicks now and they're like, my dick is thicker than his but his is longer than mine and then like breath is like oh my god you have a dick piercing and warlord's like yeah sexy right so then there's a quick blowjob scene and then they get to the anal sex there's fingering first so good job you can't just shove your dick up someone's asshole without preparing them a little bit so good job but he goes with four fingers that's that's a lot of fingers in reference to his anus they say that it's gaped very often. I don't know why this is. I haven't heard this in any other fix or in any other context. I don't know why it says gapes all the time. Personally, I blame Google Translate or bad translation in general. So, Vareth wants to see what his gaped asshole looks like. So, Warlord takes him to the big mirror room because they have a big mirror room. It's much to his surprise, he is gaped as was already said. Now we get to the dick, and then <laughs> there's a quote here that says, say goodbye for virginity, little Matthias. Matthias starts to fuck me like a bitch. <laughs> and then they do look in the mirror again to see the process of them screwing. I don't know why. His balls hang sexily, and you know, anal sex hurts at first, but you'll become addicted to this. And then also, Freth's ass is a holy fucking grail, baby. And then when it ends, <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines from this, Matthias says very proudly, this is a well-fucked hole. 
<laughs> just imagine saying that during sex. No, imagine someone else saying that to you after they have sex with you. They're like a well fucked hole, and you're like, "Yeah, good job, sweetie. Um, are you okay?" Uh, well, that's pretty much it. I guess props to the author for conveying the agony of pining. Because that's what most of this is. I also want to say that pining over someone does not necessarily mean that they're into you or ever will be. And I kind of want us to stop spreading this message. Because life isn't a rom-com. This fic uh, does have a pretty typical short story arc. Ends with sex, as you might imagine. This is a fan fiction, not a rom-com, after all. So, yeah, of course there's gotta be sex. This author confuses me greatly, but things get way more confusing with the second fic we're gonna talk about. The Absurdity of a Coma. So this one is just a fucking experience, and it's surreal. Between all the coma dreams and the broken English, it's impossible to tell what's going on sometimes. The one thing that keeps me from wholeheartedly dying of, over this and, like, bursting into laughter constantly is, like, the huge focus on, like, the sexual and the fetishization of gay men. The author just writes what she thinks is sexy, even if that includes real human beings and rape scenes. So again, the language, they either put it through a translator or English just isn't their first language or some combination of the two, but I'm just going to mock them because I have no shame. And yeah, there are some fantastic quotes in here as well. And when we get to them, I'll point them out. So Warlord comes home to Vreth. I guess they're rooming now. Uh, naturally, they immediately start having sex. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue during the scene. It's pretty generic dialogue. For once, I'd like to see the sort of weird dialogue that actually goes on between two people having sex, especially those who have been together for a long time. For example, some things that have happened to me or my friends that, that we've done or said is, stop calling my dick a bouncy house, and let's see if we can squish our boobs together to make a farting noise, and like just generally trying to be sexy or even kinky, but just bursting into laughter because it's just so damn ridiculous. Like, have you ever tried to call someone daddy during sex? It's so stupid sounding. But anyways, pretty generic sort of dialogue going on here. So the next morning, they get into a really stupid argument that doesn't even make sense or anything. Uh, it's just really to set up the conflict. At least there is a conflict in this fic, otherwise it would pretty much just be porn without plot. Warlord gets into a car accident on the way to his band practice, because this, this is a Christian movie, you know? So this is where things start getting really weird and surreal as we enter Warlord's series of fragmented coma dreams. I want to know what inspires some of the fucking crazy shit in here some of it is like kind of what you would expect but there are just some totally offhand things that are like where did that come from so we start with the hospital dream and basically warlord gets tortured in a medical fashion after seeing breath get toted away from him on some other cot so then he gets raped by a doctor but the doctor pulls down his mask to reveal that it's actually himself the line here is he could not believe that he got fucked by himself so this tidbit of information is really weird uh, rape is disturbingly common not only in real life but in fan fiction but you know people seem to get off to it apparently i feel like this little piece of information changes how i should view it but i don't really know how maybe i'm looking too deep into gay folk metal porn written by someone with shaky at best understanding of english but i feel like there's some symbolism in there and we'll get to a bit of an analysis later 
So Prison Dream is the next one. Warlord gets accused of murdering Wrath. Of course, because he was randomly thrust into the situation, he has no idea what the fuck is going on and denies all charges. And the author feels the need to tell us in detail how Wrath's body was horribly mutilated. The guards start waterboarding him and he hears Wrath's voice coming from the water saying comforting things. Again, this is one of the weird offhand things in conjunction with the poor and often hard to understand writing that makes this fic the trip that it is so they sentence him to be executed um i was gonna say i'm pretty sure that's not how the legal system works but the author actually addresses this in warlord's internal monologue so uh honestly that's much more than i expected from this writer and the bar is low my friends the bar is low they torture him and first his ass is strummed with a nightstick whatever that means and then of course all the guards end up raping him guys we're only into two coma dreams and he's been raped in both of them this would still be classless even if it wasn't a real fucking person that we were talking about there's a sex dream. Uh, he wakes up next to Vreth, but it's still a dream. Uh, and naturally, they start having sex, as one would expect. Some weird shit goes down, but that's not before they can get some action, because, you know, you gotta get the porn in there. Vreth turns into a creepy creature and kills Warlord. There's a, also a reference to a music video that he was in. It's kind of weird, because it's like, oh yeah, these two are band guys, even though they could just be any two dudes having sex. Like, oh right, source material is a thing. That's a pretty quick dream, and then Warlord has a dream where he's in a nightclub. He's being courted by a sexy lady, and he feels like something's off about her. The author makes it very clear that she has very big titties. Here are some things that she says about them. Dangling natural look big breast. It was big and dangled like it was natural big breast. Her dangled breast danced in front of Matthias' eyes. So yeah, big dangling natural big breast. That's... The author wants you to know that. So then this woman, Martha, does a stripper dance. And then, oh shit, the stripper was Vreth all along. Vreth had real breasts that dangled natural look breast. And then Matthias is all like, oh shit, don't tell me that you vanished your dick. Vreth starts making out with him and, and basically smothers him into his next dream. Uh, I also want to say there's some weird wording. His lips kiss Matthias. Normally you say that you kiss someone not your lips kiss someone uh but okay uh it's not like i have the highest standards for this the prairie dream this is the last one breath appears here as an apparition warlord tries to ask him what the fuck is up with all of this and this is also our last chance as readers to see if we can figure out the insanity behind this thing breath hints that yes warlord is in a coma a liminal space between life and death which is something that we already knew but he does not so Warlord is surprisingly lucid here, I'll say. Um, Vreth also says that everybody love you, so do God. So I guess I'll interpret this all this fuckery uh, as divine intervention keeping him from death. So yeah, maybe this really is a Christian movie after all. So Warlord tries to run after him, but they were separated suddenly by the heart of thousands caribou migrated to Alaska. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this line. So thousands of caribou just run past them and he doesn't notice? They're just suddenly there? I mean, I get it that this is a dream, but it's just so fucking random. It's out of nowhere. Also, I thought they were in Finland. Why and how are these caribou migrating to Alaska? <laughs> so that's just one of the weird offhand things about this. Then we get Warlord Awakening. Of course, the breath was holding hands with him and sitting by his bedside for almost the full month and a half that he was out. 
you know, I, I want more coma dreams from this. I feel like I've been cheated. Only five coma dreams, and it was out from June 21st to August 2nd? Give me some more material, then maybe I can find out what the hell this fic actually means. So, uh, Warlord does say about his dreams, it was like a representation of surrealism or absurdity in life. Hence the title, the absurdity of a coma. So then Vreth proposes to him, which was the thing that Matthias had heard him say he was going to do in one of his dreams when he was hearing him speak through the water in the prison. Uh, so naturally at this moment, both the bands walk in. Also good timing on their part, right? These two are about to get married and they didn't tell any of their bands that they were in a relationship for over a year. And I don't know, that seems kind of weird to me. Everyone's chill with it, though, you know. Uh, also, the author writes out the full names of the band members. I think that's just kind of a weird little detail. And then it ends with more porn, of course. A few weeks later, at least this author knows that recovering from a coma takes some time, and you just can't just jump right into sex right away. Uh, so they wait about two weeks. Uh, before plunging into more vigorous sex, they sip their cigarettes wrong verb there but okay there's some good quotes from the scene i will point them out it's been so long and now it is awkward for us to make love matthew said while sipped his cigarette every inch of their skin had longing with the touches for a long time with his soft manly beard he dared to put his thick dick inside his boyfriend's asshole he moaned loudly but softly yes Yes, that was a quote from this. He moaned loudly but softly. I'm just going to give you a moment to think about that. This author does not understand the English language. Much like other great pieces of literature, this is nearly incomprehensible, so I thought I'd try to pull some meaning out of it by giving it an analysis. Here we go. Comas are a common tool used to spur revelations in a main character across lots of forms of art. For instance, I'm going to talk about just two albums that I know of in the progressive metal genre, so not that dissimilar from what we're talking about now with folk metal. Uh, between the Baron and Me's Coma Ecliptic and Arion's The Human Equation, Arion does a much better job of conveying the story, the actual revelations of the coma. Uh, between the bear and me, like this, it's really hard to understand, and it's pretty fragmented, but I think it's one of my favorite albums, actually, just ever. It's very good musically, so I dismiss the weirdness of the lyrics and not being able to understand what the hell's going on. So both of these feature main characters who happen to be in comas for the majority of the release, and the characters have realizations that result from various coma dreams. Warlord does fall into a coma shortly after his argument with the Vreth, and thus begins his spiritual journey to comprehend and fix the flaws in their relationship, including his domineering personality. Considering that they decide to marry in the end, the story ends happily and their relationship is repaired. So there's not really a discernible narrative in his coma dreams, but they carry a common theme. Each explores a different version of reality with a different relationship between Vreth and Warlord. So you had one where Vreth was dressed in drag for some reason. There was one where Vreth killed him. There was one where Warlord killed Breath. There was one where he was just an apparition. You get the point. In each coma dream, Warlord expresses his undying affection for Vreth and confirms that he's willing to change in order to solve their problems. And I think that the fragmented narrative of the absurdity of a coma actually contributes pretty well to its overall message. So the different segments are starkly separated without any transitionary passages, and it kind of suggests multiple realities, which Whirler is only able to access in his altered state of existence. Serving as an 
augmented form of prophecy, the alternate realities carry more significance than typical dreams, which is especially highlighted by the traumatic nature of comas. So by themselves, the coma dreams are incomprehensible, but once placed together, not necessarily in a narrative form, but in accumulation of meanings, they take on a collective shape and message. So in his first coma dream, Warlord witnesses Freth being hospitalized. He attempts to help. He gets dragged away and raped by a doctor who's actually himself. In his second dream, the prison sequence, he is also raped and his ass is strummed with the nightstick. The repeated rape symbolizes the loss of innocence in their relationship and deterioration of boundaries. So things were at first easy, but with Warlord's coma directly following an argument, they're entering different times. Warlord is raped by himself because, in part, this is his fault, and he's accused of Breath's death in prison to further his guilt. So no matter which reality Warlord is in, he finds himself feeling guilty. His escapade with Martha in the nightclub before learning that it was Breath all along and suffering at the fangs of a monstrous Breath just before he climaxes, he feels guilt for this. The relationship seems to tilt precariously in one direction as Warlord's coma revelations lead him to the conclusion that in order to fix what was broken in their relationship, the fight that they have before Warlord goes into his coma where he puts his band before Vreth, he must become more submissive. After all, in the final scene, this time Vreth fucked Matthias, unlike usually when he was the bottom partner. It implies that Vreth has become the dominant one in the relationship, and he's also the one who who proposes to Warlord, which is something typically done by the male in a heterosexual relationship. So, through trial and tribulation, and the journey through fragmented realities, both Matthias's reach a mutually satisfying conclusion, even if it requires Warlord to give up some of his freedoms, because, you know, true love is worth it. I feel like I can also make a larger parallel here to the fragmented nature of, of his coma dreams and the realities that you create when you write fan fiction. This is an absurd reality that this author has created for the, these two guys who she thinks are totally hot to be a couple. I feel like that's kind of a metaphor f- for storytelling and fan fiction. I don't know. That, that I just pulled that out of my ass, that last part. That final conclusion wasn't even on the outline. So that's both of the fix. They're pretty entertaining, even though they're flawed not only from a grammatical perspective and a storyline perspective, but also they're kind of gross in that there's rape and how they treat gay men like a fetish a lot. Um, think it's worth it to read these because, especially the absurdity of a coma, because it's just so damn weird. So this was a review of two stories about the Matthiuses from Fintrell and Teresa's. It featured Matthias's Tale and The Absurdity of a Coma by Harold Stad to Joni. That's H-A-R-A-L-D 2 J-O-N-I. If you're not scarred by all of this, I still highly recommend Teresa's, even if you're not a metalhead. That's spelled T-U-R-I-S-A-S check them out they're rad as fuck and i'm your pal one chickas and this is the bar is low thank you for joining me that's all for today